Hi, everyone, and thank you for listening to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. We're here to come and as often as we can to teach you God's Word. His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. We believe that the Bible is inspired by God, breathed by God. And so what you're hearing taught, my personal words are not inspired. They may have like a literary type of inspiration, but God's words out of the scripture are God breathed. What a wonderful thing to have a book that is breathed on by God, and it's actually the word of God. So we have the written word and the living word. And today's broadcast, as we share with you often, has a sponsor, Custom Construction. It's a friend of mine, Will Shockey, and his phone number is 443-443-791-4420. Maybe you need a deck built. Maybe you need an addition on your home, a barn, or even a custom home. He can handle those things. So call Will at 443-791-4420. Let him know that you heard about him on Pastor Earl and Friends with Faith Life. So I'm glad you joined us for today. We're going to be looking at a, a topic in Revelation 2, 8 to 11, and I've entitled this Sweet Words for Suffering Souls. Sweet Words for Suffering Souls. You might be going through something right now that is very difficult, or you're still recovering. You're still reeling from something you have recently experienced. The Word of God will be like a balm, B-A-L-M. It'll be like an ointment. It'll be medicine to your soul. So listen, as Christ is going to talk to a suffering church, the church at Smyrna. Remember, John was instructed to write to the seven churches. These were in Asia Minor, now modern-day Turkey. And we had the church at Ephesus who had left their first love. We learned about that and how to regain that back. Listen to a previous broadcast if you want to learn about that. But these were seven literal churches. They are also, um, you can uh, see this in each one of them. They're a period of church history. Ephesus was the first century church. Smyrna was a literal church, but also a period of time between A.D. 100 to 300, where the church suffered extreme persecutions. And then the next one is Pergamos, where um, the church had kind of married into the world and married into the state. And it was a sad year for the church, or years for the church, A.D. 300 to 500. Then we have the Dark Ages from A.D. 500 to 1500. That is the church at Thyatira. 
And then we have the Revival Church, 1700s and 1800s. Um, we have the Revival Church at Philadelphia. And then finally, the church at Laodicea. And what we're seeing now is we have word-oriented, spirit-filled churches, but we also have a lot of lukewarm churches that do not allow the Holy Spirit to just move mightily in their midst. Some have taken away the word of God and just preach things that will tickle man's ears, but God wanted his pulpits to be a place where that the word of God is taught, where the spirit of God is sensed, and we're allowed to worship the Lord. So this church at Smyrna was one that amidst a very hostile pagan culture endured great suffering. So we'll have some sweet words for suffering saints. Let's listen to a little bit of a song to just get our hearts prepared for this. I sing praises to your I name. Sing praises to your oh, what a beautiful song. I love this old song. Oh, Lord, praises to your name. Oh, Day, whatever you're going through, sing along with that. I sing praises to your name. beautiful song. See, songs can really help us. Songs of the Spirit. 
The Bible says if we are filled with the Spirit, we'll speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, songs of the Spirit. That's a good little song. Maybe you find yourself depressed. What I do is I find worship music and I play it and I get the worship music flooding my mind, pushing out the toxic thoughts, the thoughts that Satan is trying to put in my mind. Worship does that. If you have a glass of dirty water and you want clean water, you must empty it out or keep pouring in clean water until all that's left is clean water. The word of God and the worship of God does that to your spirit. Let's just take a few minutes before we get into the text of Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11, and talk to you about the city and culture of Smyrna. The word Smyrna comes from the word myrrh. It's kind of a sap that was coming out of trees, but a very beautiful smelling perfume was made out of that, and they used it particularly in embalming. Smyrna was, as we know, about 35 miles north of Ephesus. Remember I shared with you it's a postal route in a circular form, and Christ was to be in the midst of that circle, and the seven churches were the seven golden candlesticks of chapter one. We learned that already. So here is a, a very famous city, one of the principal cities of uh, that area of Asia at that time. Homer, it was his birthplace. You probably studied him in a little bit of history. The modern city there is called Izmir, I-Z or I-S-M-I-R, Turkey. It was a place also that one of John's disciples, beloved John, led a man to Christ or actually helped groom him as a disciple, a famous individual by the name of Polycarp. Polycarp was an early day martyr and they tried to burn him to death at the stake. History tells us that there was a, a miracle that happened as he was being burned at the stake, that the stake had the flames engulfing all around Polycarp, but it did not destroy him. They had to execute him by piercing him with a sword. There was a lot of hostility during that time. There was a lot of uh, Christian genocide where they're trying to get rid of all the Christians because under the Romans, it was illegal to be a Christian. I read recently there was a travel notice and it said that if you were to go to this one region, please don't wear a cross because that would make you a target. There are still places in the world where there's a lot of hostility. We're seeing it in small proportions in America, but I believe we'll see that in even greater amounts as time goes on. There were many famous um, temples built there to Cybele, I believe that's the way we pronounce it, to Asclepios, to Apollo, to Aphrodite, 
and one of their favorites was Zeus. There was also many temples that were built, several temples rather, to the emperors as the emperor worship became really strong in that particular region. It was a place that was a great trade center, and it talks about the poverty of the people in Smyrna. That's because if you did not uh, pledge loyalty and say that the uh, emperor was Lord, then you many times lost your job, you lost your position in the trade guilds, and a lot of the trade guilds were connected with the pagan religion of that day. And so, as we've shared with you, these are some incredible things. Um, there were tremendous aqueducts that were built by the Romans, and it was just a very beautiful city. It was called the Crown of Ionia. Let's get into the actual text of Revelation 2 in verse 8. So we looked at the city and the culture of Smyrna, and now let's listen as Christ talks to each one of the churches, and remember he gives them a commendation, and then he would give them some type of constructive criticism. But in this particular church, there's not even any criticism because I believe that when you do go through suffering, it purifies you. And when we're down, Christ doesn't want to do anything to harm us or to hurt us. He wouldn't do that anyway. But I think particularly here, he just wants to commend them. Unto the angel, that's the pastor, a jealous, of the church in Smyrna, myrrh, suffering, Right, these things saith, and it's Christ, the first and the last, the eternal one, which was dead, he became dead and is alive. Well, why is that an encouragement to the people at Smyrna? It's an encouragement because they are putting their faith in the resurrected Lord and Many of them would lose their lives to martyrdom, and so the Lord was encouraging them, saying, I am the one that was dead and am alive. That is the joyous hope of the believer. In chapter 2, verse 9, the Lord commends him and says, Look, I know your works. You're hard at work for the gospel. You're hard at work for the kingdom. I know your tribulation, remember that, is to be crushed, to be pressed. And maybe you're listening today and you're saying, I am going through some real trying times and it doesn't seem fair because I'm trying to serve the Lord and work hard for the Lord. Shouldn't I be exempt from this? Well, no, God does not exempt us from trial and trouble. I think of Paul who asked the Lord three times, Lord, remove this thorn in the flesh from me. Remove this messenger of Satan. And the Lord said, I'm not going to remove it. Didn't use those words exactly, but he said, I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to give you my grace, my sufficient grace. Grace is what God gave to 
Paul. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. I know your works and tribulation and poverty, but he said, but thou art rich. You may say, I don't have a lot of money or I don't have a lot of savings or I'm barely making it by right now. You have riches untold. You have the grace of God. You have the favor of God. You have the love of God. You have the prosperity of God, the care of God. You are rich even though you may not drive the fanciest car or live in the fanciest condominium, whatever. And it says that he is the one which was dead and is alive, reminding us twice. There's the law of double reference in the scripture. If you hear something once, the Lord means it. But if you hear it another time, he's really emphasizing it. In verse 10 is this beautiful statement for all of us that may be going through difficult times, all of you, and I include myself because I face difficult times. It says, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. Don't let the toxicity of fear get into your system. If you do, simply reject it. Get it out of your mind. There's no fear in love in your relationship with the Lord. Perfect love casts out or drives out fear. He said, behold the devil. That's the one behind all the hostility against you as a saint. You're trying to do right. Well, you have an arch enemy, and that is Satan. He said, he's going to cast some of you into prison. Prison there was the prelude to death, that you might be tried. Tried fire tries us to show that we are of gold. God doesn't allow fire to come into our lives to destroy us, but to refine us. It said, you shall have tribulation 10 days. The 10 days could refer to the 10 Roman persecutions from Nero to Domitian to Trajan to Hadrian to Severus to Maximin to Decius to Valerian to Aurelian and to Diocletian. These were from ages the age of AD 54 to 284, as I shared with you earlier, 100 to 300. But instead of being fearful, be faithful. He says, be thou faithful unto death. In these last days, don't give up, don't quit, don't stop doing what you're doing for the Lord. Just be faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Then the Bible closes this particular message by saying, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. That's the Holy Spirit. And today he's giving you a word for your heart, and that is stop being afraid. Don't be afraid. Be faithful. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Your trials that you're facing, your difficulties, and the fact that you haven't been destroyed are proof that you are a believer in Jesus, and you will not recant, and you will not give up. So I want to give you those sweet words for suffering 
souls. If you're listening and you're without Christ, join me in this prayer. Say, Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. If you're a suffering believer, we are praying for you. If you'd like to contact me, then please call, not call, but email us at charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. If you'd like to underwrite us or be a sponsor, let me know via email so that we can keep this word of God expanding every single day. God bless you. I love you. Pastor Earl.